Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us. Good to be back. And my thanks to Sabrina Hill for filling in for me last week. Really appreciate all of her work. And uh, good to be back. Well, not much changed, right, while I was gone? Well, new trade agreement done with Mexico and uh, Canada and a new Supreme Court justice. Yeah, a few things happened last week while I was gone. I was trying to keep track of all of that, and we'll have plenty to talk about this week, of course. A little bit later on, we're going to talk Farm Bill with Colin Peterson, the ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee. And uh, we're also going to be checking the weather here in a few moments with Joel Bergio, meteorologist for DTN, as uh, harvest uh, in many parts of the country put on hold with some wet weather. But uh, a lot of big news, as I mentioned from last week, and uh, looking ahead to the events of this week, we bring in Sarah Wyant, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Is, is Washington calmed down any from uh, all the, uh, the goings-on last week with the Supreme Court? Well, good morning, Mike, and happy Columbus Day. And, yes, uh, things have calmed down from the external perspective where you don't see protesters filling up uh, the different House and Senate office buildings and out in front of the Supreme Court. But there are still uh, a lot of angst and anger across the countryside over this very, very bitter confirmation process and all that was involved in that. And so as uh, uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh takes a seat on the Supreme Court tomorrow, I think you're going to continue to see that kind of animosity on both sides of this confirmation process feed out all the way through the midterm elections in November. Yeah, it will be interesting now to see what impact uh, last week has on those elections. And, you know, we saw history last week. It maybe wasn't our finest moment in our nation's history, certainly with what we saw play out, but it was historic. It was very historic and could have long-term implications for the agricultural sector. As you know, this gives a solid 5-4 majority to um, the conservatives, and so as the court swings back to more of a constitutionalist perspective, we could see a lot of cases that come before the court whether they be on endangered species or waters of the U.S. or a number of things regarding uh, nuisance lawsuits, that uh, this court could make some long-lasting decisions that would be perceived as perhaps more favorable to the agricultural community than in the other case. So I, I think it's going to be our watching to see what sorts of cases come up before the court that are agricultural in nature. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we wait to see what decisions the voters make here very soon in the in the elections. What is the uh, reaction that you're hearing uh, on the USMCA? Well, uh, we obviously had a uh, lot of celebration in the agricultural community that there was not any harm done with what was described as the North American Free Trade Agreement, now the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement. And I think that the fact that we were able to watch this administration bring Canada into the fold, uh, primarily it looked like automobiles were a big part of the leverage, uh, but it seems to be a a major win for the administration before the midterm elections. 
Now, it's not a done deal, as you know, Mike. I mean, mm-hmm. we've still got to see whether this thing will be able to pass uh, Congress. But uh, for all of those folks who have been sitting back watching and saying, is this administration ever going to get a deal done, uh, it gave them a big boost. Uh, one of the other things, though, that we haven't seen is that the steel and aluminum tariffs are still in place against Canada and Mexico. And as long as that's there, we still have some tariffs against U.S. products. So uh, I think there needs to be some additional work done. But certainly the fact that USMCA got uh, through this clearance process through Canada and the administration announced that they're starting to negotiate with a target that we have long thought needed to be addressed, and that is negotiations with Japan. Now, let's look at passage of this new deal. It looks like it would come in the new Congress after the first of the year, but depending on how the elections go, could it get pushed up into the uh, lame duck session yet this year? Well, some folks are certainly saying that that's a possibility, but uh, that's why there's just a lot at stake in the November elections on how these will go. And I do think that there could be a lot of Democratic support for this agreement, especially on what it means for the auto industry. But um, it would it would be a rush to, to get it done, but that's why the administration uh, had this time period in mind of pushing the Canadians and, and also to get it done so the Mexican government would be supportive regardless of when their new president takes charge. But the same divisions and animosity we saw play out just last week, a lot of that will resurface when it comes time to vote on this trade deal. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you'll have to watch carefully to see how many uh, labor unions will jump into this or whether or not they'll say it's a Trump agreement and they want to stay out of it. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of political posturing on whether or not this can get through Congress. All right. uh, We're waiting to see you on the farm bill. We're going to talk with Colin Peterson a little bit later on. What are you hearing? Well, we just had an interview with Debbie Stabenow on our open mic segment on our website, and we've now talked to all four principals. I think it's very clear that there's a, a lot of differences between what Chairman Conway would like to see and what Ranking Member Stabenow and Chairman Roberts would like to see. Uh, In some regards, it's about bringing more money to southern cotton producers versus keeping some of the broad base of support for the Farm Bill through keeping the energy programs and those programs that really attract a a broader base of support. Uh, So it's not so much the traditional row crops that they're trying to uh, represent, but uh, those that uh, may be supportive of renewable energy and and some of the value-added rural development programs. But um, uh, they're still working, obviously, and I think uh, Congressman Peterson will tell you that they made a really good show of it by coming out of their last meeting with arms locked uh, together and uh, looking like they're all moving in lockstep. But clearly there's a lot of differences between what the House and the Senate still want, and there's a lot of differences between the money that they want to spend on different programs. And so staff is working. Uh, they've given them a uh, broad agreement to uh, just get some things done, close out some titles, and then save the big stuff for when the members all come back the next time to the table. So a lot's been done the last week or so, but there's still a lot of big issues still out there, and we're kind of waiting on uh, some big decisions. It's going to be an eventful uh, next few weeks, isn't it? 
It certainly is, and I think that there is a commitment, regardless of what happens in November, to try to still get a farm bill done. But obviously, if you see either chamber flip, uh, there'll be some different calculus come to play, political calculus. Mm -hmm. And so stay tuned for uh, whatever happens on November 6th. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Sarah, as always, good to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Sarah Wyant, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. Also, of course, this week, uh, we are expecting an announcement from the administration on E15. So uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on as well. But up next, a look at the weather. It's got wet, gotten wet in many parts of the country where harvest is going on and kind of in a rain delay right now. How long will that last? We'll check in with Joel Bergio with DTN next on Adams on Agriculture. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or High Soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. 
To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Well, as you talk with farmers around the Midwest about harvest, some are done. Some are almost done. Some were just getting started when the rains moved in. So kind of on delay right now for many parts of the Midwest. Let's talk it over with Joel Bergio with DTN. Joel, thanks for joining us. Uh, what's on tap this week? Well, we're going to start off on the wet side of things, uh, particularly in the west and midwest as well as through the central and southern plains. The next couple of days particularly are going to be uh, pretty active with widespread rain, showers, and thunderstorms all the way from uh, west Texas to Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, today and tomorrow. Pretty active weather system the last few days. We had a lot of... uh unseasonable heat uh, last week and then the buildup of some storm activity over the weekend. Yes, uh, we've had a very persistent, strong upper-level ridge on the East Coast uh, late September, October, pretty much stalling everything. The the trough in the West, the ridge in the East, and uh, just a a stream of moisture coming from the Gulf of Mexico northward up the plains into the West and Midwest during this time frame. Yeah, and you see that continuing how much longer? Well, it looks like uh, we're seeing shines that the uh, East Coast Ridge is going to break down. So um, this should allow things to start moving again. But we are are pretty much stalled for at least another couple of days, though, and maybe Mm -hmm. three. So we're looking at uh, the same type of weather, you know, very warm east of the Mississippi, way above normal on temperatures. Rain and thunderstorms over the western Midwest plains, and then cooler and much cooler over the northern plains. So you got tail of uh, two cities there uh, across the country. Now, speaking of cooler, are we uh, set to really drop in temperature for much of the Midwest? Yeah, at the end of this week, um, we're going to turn quite a bit cooler. Uh, the uh, right now it looks like it's, uh, Friday morning. Uh, in the northern part of the west and midwest, you'll see temperatures in the low 30s, maybe a few upper 20s. Um, the coolest weather will shift into the east and midwest on Saturday morning. Not as cool as the west, but still uh, 30s, uh, northern Illinois to, to, to southern Wisconsin, um, low 40s otherwise, across the west, the east and midwest, rather, on, on Saturday. So much cooler yeah. weather coming in, uh, and especially if you compare it to what they're currently under. In that in that region, what's the frost picture look like? The I'm sorry, what'd you say? The frost. The frost picture, yeah. Yeah, there is a when anytime you get down in the the low 30s, uh, uh, you have the the chance for frost. And uh, I would say you're talking northern Iowa, southern Minnesota. Um, there's going to be a, a chance of frost and light freeze conditions uh, this this week particularly Friday morning. In the east and midwest, uh, southern Wisconsin will probably see frost. Uh, northern Illinois is close. They may see a little patchy frost, but that's about it. Uh, and the rest of the Midwest should should uh, stay frost-free uh, through the end of the week. Actually, some areas what would welcome some uh, uh, much cooler temperatures help firm up the ground so they get back out there and get going again. 
Yes, and uh, also uh, once we get things to, to move, they should get into more high pressure and uh, uh, more dry weather at the end of this week, particularly from Thursday on. I think that a lot of the Midwest will enjoy uh, much drier weather uh, from that point on. We're talking with DTM meteorologist Joel Bergio. Joel, I, I saw a headline this morning. There could be another tropical storm forming. Uh, what's the latest on that? We have right now tropical storm Michael is uh, just about to enter the southeast uh, Gulf of Mexico. It is expected to intensify to uh, a high Category 2 or maybe even a Category 3 hurricane as it comes northward. Uh, the uh, indications suggest a landfall along the uh, middle Florida panhandle uh, sometime probably late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, and then uh, and then northeastward through Georgia and into the Carolinas from there. Uh, that south, you know, the Florida panhandle, the southwest and central Georgia area and southeast Alabama, they can, they can expect some pretty hefty rain, something like four to eight inches of rain on that, on that uh, order. Uh, maybe heavier, and um, the high winds are probably more more in the south, and as you go up into the Carolinas, the winds will be much less, but still some heavy rain potential there as well. you see any remnants of that storm that would move uh, all the way to the Midwest? Right now it's turning eastward, so it'll go mm-hmm. through the Mid-Atlantic uh, and then on out to the sea. So it should stay to the east of the Midwest region, Um but some of those uh, southeast to mid-Atlantic areas are going to get pretty wet. Yeah, we actually sure have another tropical in the uh, Pacific we'll be watching, too. This one is going to come through northwest Mexico on into uh, southeast Arizona, then New Mexico. It could bring some rain to the uh, Oklahoma-Texas area at the end of this week. I don't think this is going to reach the Midwest, but but it's going to get maybe some showers or some light rain into Missouri again uh, towards uh, Saturday or Sunday. But that's about as far as that one should get. All right. Something to keep an eye on there. A couple of big storms to be watching. All right. What about uh, around the globe? What are you seeing in other parts of the world? Well, we've been uh, watching Australia for their winter wheat crop. They've been um, having some problems with drought in the east, east central Australia particularly. Um, But uh, recently they've been getting some showers. It's probably too late, though, for some of that wheat crop, northern New South Wales, southern Queensland. Um, they're doing much better over in Western Australia uh, and as, as well as uh, in uh, the southeast as well in those in those sections. Uh, South America also getting uh, starting to get more attention this time of year as we head towards uh, their, their uh, winter, this summer rather, our winter. Um, and they've had some uh, decent shower activity in the Mato Grosso, Mato Grosso de Sol, Goyeth area so far, which has allowed them to plant their early soybean crop uh, somewhat earlier than than normal. As a matter of fact, uh, earlier than has been recent years as well. And uh, southern Brazil has been wet, uh, Paraná particularly, but also Rio Grande do Sul. This is this is probably going to delay some of the field work there, but I think to take the rain at this point in the, se- in the year uh, in that area. Uh, setting that up with adequate to surplus uh, soil moisture, and also looking at Argentina, they they yeah. yep they have a little bit more of a colder feel to things. So they've been in and out of some cold temperatures, which is not that unusual uh, at this point. You know, they're in the year, uh, uh, 
spring period there, so they get some cold, they get some warm and rain as well. What about the Black Sea region? They've had uh, problems uh, during the course of the year with drought. Uh, they've had some pretty hefty drought early in the summer, then they had some needed rains, and then they got back dry again. Um, right now they're in more of a of a uh, seasonal-type pattern. They're a little bit on the dry side, um, but nothing that's that unusual for October. As a matter of fact, they probably uh, welcome it for you know, harvesting and uh, summer crops and planting winter crops at this point. Uh, some of the area further north could use some more rain uh, for the winter wheat crop, but in general right now the weather that they're getting during October is uh, is good for what they need to do at this point in the year. All right, Joe, back uh, here in the U.S., uh, what do your long-range models tell you that we might see this winter? The uh, the early winter outlook right now, it looks like um, we're talking uh, a little bit on the warm side as we start the in the, the, the winter. Um, December over the north-central part of the country will average um, probably, we're thinking, near to above on temperatures. Uh, it's actually going to be cooler than normal in the southeast. For, uh, um, for the start of the winter in December. Uh, but then as we're, we're seeing indications that during January and uh, on into February, uh, some pretty cold temperatures would develop over the uh, first in the north-central part of the country during January, uh, and then moving southeastward from there through the, through the Miss River Valley and into the southeast for February. So um, we're, we're looking at a potential here that uh, uh, the north central part of the t- country turns quite cold during January and a lot of the uh, eastern part of the country turns cold during uh, February. What about precipitation? Uh, do your models indicate if, you know, heavy snows this winter or lighter than usual? What Anything like that? I would say at this point we're talking uh, lighter than usual across the um, northern plains, Midwest regions because of the cold weather that might be a little different at the right at the start you know november december they might have some precip but as you get into the heart of the winter you're talking drier uh with the cold temperatures uh, in that area and towards the end of the winter there is some chance you might uh, you know in the uh, march april time frame you might get some um, increased precip chances as well but in the middle part of the winter you're, you're looking uh, pretty much cold dry well We'll, uh, we'll think more about that as we get closer, but it's always interesting to start taking a look ahead. Joel, thanks for being with us this week. All right. Take care. DTM meteorologist Joel Bergio. All right, coming up next, the latest on the farm bill. Stay with us. This is AOA Adams on Agriculture. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing,
manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. A defensive tone in corn and soybean futures early on Monday's trade. We are defensive overnight in corn, mixed in the beans, minus signs in the wheats. Grain futures trading lower as analysts continue to watch the skies across the Midwest. Rain stalling the harvest for many folks to begin the week. Traders also digesting the large numbers being estimated for the USDA October supply demand report. That comes out on Thursday. Private estimates for corn and soybean production for the week's WASDE reports expected to inch a little higher over last month's numbers. Average trade guess for corn yields 181.8 bushels per acre. Soybean yields 53.4. We'll see what USDA says Thursday at 11 Central Time. Buyers emerged to support November soybeans on intraday weakness on Friday. Friday's bullish action giving the bean bulls the technical edge to begin the week, but we're not doing much with it so far. On the downside, Friday's low at 8.51 and a half now becomes support for November beans. December corn, nearby support, 3.63. We're a couple of cents above it so far on this Monday trading session. In the wheats, Chicago, 3 to nearly 5 cents lower, 2 to 3 and a fraction lower in Kansas City, and a penny and a fraction lower in Minneapolis spring wheat. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, we are 55 to 75 cents lower. Feeder cattle, 65 to $1.17 lower. Lean hog futures, a nickel to 72 cents higher. The Dow is up three points. November crude oil in New York down 13 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, where are we on getting a new farm bill done? Let's bring in one of the key people, the uh, ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson. All right, we saw the picture of you and uh, Chairman uh, Roberts and 
Senator Stabenow and the House Ag Committee Chair Conaway, you're locked arms and smiling, and it looked good as a visual, but what about behind the scenes? Are you any closer to a deal? Oh, we're a little bit closer. Uh, it's slow going, but um, I think that the picture symbolized what we've said to each other and what uh, has been you know, our attitude for the last month, that we need to get this done, and we're going to figure out some way to get it done somehow. Um, hope springs eternal, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, slow going, but I, I can kind of see where this thing could end up, but uh, we're not there yet. Okay, so we're hearing about the now uh, differences of opinion on, on the kind of slicing up the pie, if you will, among uh, different regions of the country, different types of agriculture. How big of an issue is that? Well, I don't think it's a very big issue, but uh, the people that are uh, <laughs> concerned about this think, apparently think it's a big issue because we've been going around and around. Uh, I just don't think it's a huge uh, issue one way, you know, on either side. Uh, it's not a lot of money in terms of the whole bill. And I'm not sure, um, you know, if, if anybody's going to actually get that much money out of what they're fighting over. So it's, but it's important to them. And uh, for whatever reason, it's an issue. And, um, you know, it's taken up a fair amount of time and uh, time that we maybe should have been focused on trying to um, get the SNAP thing worked out. Um, but I think we are making some progress there as well. My staff has been reporting that we're making some better progress um, at the staff level. I had a long talk with uh, Senator Roberts on Friday. Uh, I talked to Chairman Conaway Thursday about, um, you know, getting realistic about where this thing is going to land so we can get this bill done. And they seem to be uh, listening, but uh, like I say, we're not there, and uh, it's going slow. But uh, the, I- the idea is, we're, our goal is to have a bill drafted, agreed to, and ready to go when we come back after the November election. So that's what we're shooting for, and uh, hopefully we can make it happen. Are you, when you look at the, the SNAP, do you see a way through this? I mean, from what you're hearing from all sides, do you see a way forward on this? <laughs> I do. I'm not sure anybody else does. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's a way to work this out. But, um, you know, we're not there yet. And, um, and people have kind of got themselves painted in the corners on this thing, which is a lot of the problem. And... The way these bills got done are part of the problem because the Senate, you know, took this cushion of credit and used that money to basically get every Democratic senator to vote for this bill. At the end of the day, I don't believe we're going to have a bill that every Democratic senator can vote for. But as of right now, that kind of seems to be the goal. You know, I don't think that's realistic. On the House side, <clears throat> you got a bill that passed on a partisan basis, and the chairman seems to think he needs to have most of the Republicans uh, 
And I don't think that's realistic either, because if, if you get most of the Republicans, you're not going to get it through the Senate. And uh, if you have most all of the Democratic senators, you're not going to get it through the House. So that's kind of where we're the big picture of where we're at here. And, uh, you know, how, how we get there, I'm not sure. Uh, some people have kind of got themselves back into corners and uh, they're going to disappoint people that um, I don't know what they told them, but I think at the end of the day, if we're going to get this done, there's going to be people in the Republican caucus in the House and Democratic caucus in the Senate that are not uh, going to be happy, probably. But that's generally I've said when we get to the point where everybody's unhappy, then we finally got a deal, probably. Are there big differences? We're, I mean, we're hearing about big differences between uh, Chairman Conaway and uh, Ranking Member Stabenow on the Senate side. Uh, are there big differences between those two? Well, they've been defending their positions. You know, I, I don't, as I said earlier, I don't think these, what they're arguing over, are that uh, huge of a deal. You know, but they do, and so we're working through it. You know, we've made progress. Uh, we're closer than we were. You know, uh, every time we meet, we get closer. But we're not there yet. Do you see a bill done by the end of this year? Well, that's our goal. And uh, I probably want that worse than anybody else in that room. <laughs> I want to get this thing done and uh, off the table and and get the farmers, uh, you know, some uh, so they know what they're dealing with. Uh, you know, uh, is this bill going to be good enough to withstand what we're facing? You know, who knows? But uh, it's the best we're going to get, and it needs to get done. So I'm not bringing any problems to the table. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be uh, helpful in getting people to where they need to be to get this bill done. Um, and, you know, I absolutely want this thing off the table and into, into law, you know, before the end of this Congress. You know, and the farmers in my area, if they know what the bill is in December, they're fine. You know, they, they aren't making any dis- planning decisions right now anyway. They're <laughs> they're worried about all this rain we got and how they're going to get the crop out, you know. Yeah. So uh, they're they're, you know... If we get this done in December, the people in my district will be fine. We're talking with the ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson from Minnesota. All right. Now, and you've made it clear, as you just stated, you want to get this thing done and you want to get it done this year. But if the elections next month give your party a power, a majority in either one of the chambers, will there be pressure then in your party to wait and do it in the new Congress next year? No, absolutely not. And I've had discussions with our leadership, um, and they are supporting me in getting this done this year. So the outcome of the election is not going to have any impact in the Democratic caucus in terms of uh, getting this thing done. All right, that's interesting because I think a lot of people have been kind of looking at that and thinking, well, there might be some uh, incentive if the elections go your way instead of just well, I mean, and, this, and start over. Mike, this has been, I don't know why people are putting this rumor out, if it's because they can't 
get the, the majority can't get the bill done, I don't know. But this is nonsense, you know. And it's there's a lot of nonsense out there you know, that you just have to ignore. You know, and the way this thing, you know, happened, and the, the way I had to uh, deal with this, uh, you know, and um, some other people may have just said the equity. I'm not going to cooperate, and uh, you know. But I have gone the extra mile, and I did that again on Thursday with Mike, and I said, look, you know, um, some people think I'm going too far, but I want to help you get this thing done. But you've got to move on some of this stuff. And same thing with Senator Stabenow. She has to move on some of this stuff. And, you know, I, I think they will. I just don't know how long it's going to take them. Before we let you go, I want to get your thoughts on the U.S., Mexico, Canada deal. What do you think, and about the chances of it getting passed? Well, I don't know about it getting passed. Um, I haven't really heard much about that, and haven't talked to our leadership about it. I think it's a slight improvement uh, overall uh, for agriculture, um, at least status quo. Uh, maybe a slight improvement. Uh, which is, I think, a victory because we were concerned that we were going to end up losing. You know, so I don't see it as a big, huge win or anything for ag- for agriculture. It's, um, and I am going to support it from what I've, uh, unless I'm not understanding. I haven't seen all the language, all the details, all the fine print, but from what I know, I think it's, um, you know, it's at least as good as what we had under NAFTA. And NAFTA wasn't perfect, but uh, for lots of agriculture, it was pretty positive, you know, more positive than I thought it was going to be. And, um, you know, uh, whether we can, you know, I doubt from what I'm hearing, I doubt that the Democrats in the Senate are going to want to bring this thing up before the end of the year. So I think it's going to get kicked over into the next Congress. And I... Like I say, I think it's um, not a bad deal. I've told our leadership uh, that, and, uh, you know, where they're going to come down, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, always good to talk with you. Thank you for your insight, and we look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, Mike. See you. All right. Take care. All right. So, Interesting. Always like his uh, perspective. I mean, he's right there. He's one of the big four, and he points out there are big differences still. They're, they're trying to work out. He sees a pathway to get there on the farm bill, but uh, they're not there yet. So a lot of uh, tough negotiating still to go on the farm bill. Well, if you look at the Trump administration, uh, they're on a bit of a roll here with the uh, confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh, with the new trade deal with Canada and Mexico. What about E15? Could agriculture get the, a win there? It could be this week. We're going to talk about it with Jarrett Renshaw with Reuters. That's next on AOA Adams on Agriculture.
Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs risk-free, call 866-504-0276. That's 866-504-0276. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 866-504-0276. 866-504-0276. Powerful threat calls for a greater response. When there's a battle, bring strength. When there's a problem, seek answers. When there is doubt, give hope. Not tomorrow, not in a few years. Right now, some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day, and you can be part of this battle too. Visit standuptocancer.org to learn more. Together, we can save lives. We all want more time with our dads, brothers, partners, friends, and our sons. Time for more conversations, more catch-ups, more of what life's all about. Now is our time to make it happen. Together, we can stop men dying too young by tackling the big issues. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, suicide. It's time to act. Sign up at Movember.com and raise funds to help change the face of men's health. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit FDA.gov generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. 
It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, so Supreme Court nominee confirmed. U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal done, but still has to go to Congress. Farm bill, we just heard from Colin Peterson. He thinks they'll get a bill drafted after the November elections. Does not think the outcome of the elections will change that schedule. He's still pushing to get it done this year, not wait till a new Congress next year, even if his party should happen to gain a majority in either one of the houses. So we'll keep an eye on that. This could be could be a big week for renewable fuels. Could get a decision on E15. To tell us about that is Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets reporter for Reuters. Jarrett, I know we've uh, we've been teased on this for some time, but is this the week it's going to happen? It certainly uh, certainly has all the feelings uh, of that way, uh, based on what we know. And the White House uh, confirmed it overnight that. Uh, you know, Trump is planning a, a pro-ethanol announcement, pro-RFS announcement tomorrow in D.C. ahead of a ahead of a trip to Iowa later that day for one of his uh, signature rallies, and it appears that, by all reports, that it's it's going to include lifting a summer ban on E15. So I think this is uh, I think we had some conversations a few weeks back. I I, I didn't see us getting here um, uh, without a deal, and it looks like we are getting here without kind of all parties agreeing to do a deal. So I, I think it's a pretty remarkable turn of events. Okay, now is there something with this? I mean, the concern for the renewable fuels industry all along has been uh, what comes with it? Is there something in there that the administration is going to give the oil industry to go along with the E15 uh, uh, announcement? You know, that that is the million-dollar question. Right now, the best visibility I have, it says no. I mean, there's going to be it sounds like there's going to be some vague reference to some transparency measures, which may be uh, some restrictions on the way that the, the RIN credits are traded. Um, but by all indication, it's going to be a, a vague reference to have the EPA write that rule. Now, I guess you could have some fears that post-election you, you see a rule that the, the, the ethanol and biofuels industry doesn't like, right? That's always a possibility that gets coupled with it. Um, my guess is the, the administration is not going to stomp over its own message tomorrow. I think they're going to do the E15 and have some vague reference to some other measures regarding transparency without detailing them in any any specific level. So, I mean, I so I certainly we'd like to see what those things are, right? And uh, I think that to get some idea uh, 
how to evaluate the whole package. But my guess is we won't have much clarity on, the, on that particular part of the equation tomorrow. And we can't overlook the fact, the timing of this, so close to the November elections, right? Yeah, no, it's very clear. It's uh, clearly he's going to Iowa to a rally. Um, that that day, for, and that rallies to uh, really the, the best I understand right now. It's really focusing on the, uh, the Governor Reynolds race and uh, Representative Young's race. They're the two uh, two candidates that they're drawing a circle around. Uh, it's in it's in Young's district uh, where this rally is. That's no mistake. And uh, I think, particularly Reynolds, the people I talk to say that the, the, the Trump campaign, the kind of political arm of the White House does not want to lose the governor's mansion in Iowa ahead of a, a 2020 uh, re-election campaign. You know, uh, governors demand media attention, and having a Democrat um, there as a kind of a counterweight to whatever Trump's uh, campaign would be would, would not be something they would like. So I think they, they see a lot of value, in, 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 and Reynolds is a good candidate, and she, obviously it's competitive. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna do a, they're gonna move a lot of uh, uh, things to get get them elected we'll see if it's enough it's taken a while to get here but all of a sudden now a couple of big pieces with the uh the new nafta the as he as the president calls it us mca and uh, if this announcement comes through for e15 a couple of big ones for agriculture here uh no doubt no doubt and i think uh you know certainly a lot of reporting by Reuters and others organizations about how there was a lot of unrest in the Midwest, I still think China's the the, the big elephant in the room. Um, certainly, that has a lot of implications moving forward, and it, it, it could still be a huge pocketbook issue, and it will be um, as we move forward. And, and a sustained uh, trade war with China is go- it's going to certainly impact your listeners. Um, so, but you know, in talking to the farmers, I think they they get the China thing. They're willing to. Generally speaking, willing to uh, wait it out. That's that, that's the temperature a few weeks ago when I was there, and I think they they wanted to see some quick resolution to the Mexico Canada thing. It seems like they got that. They wanted E15. They got that. So, I, notwithstanding a, a prolonged trade war with China, I, I, I think uh, you know Trump has moved moved uh, forward on some key issues that the Midwest farmers definitely care about. And before we let you go, real quick, uh, are you expecting higher? Uh, RVO numbers uh, from EPA for the uh, RFS, and especially looking at biodiesel, do you think there's going to be a move up on those? There's some, there's some, certainly some discussions on the biodiesel front. Um, quite frankly, I've been spending most of my time on the E15 the last few weeks, um, so I don't. The last I checked in on that, the, the, the general consensus is there's, there wasn't going to be a, you know, a substantive change in the uh, proposal and the actual final rule. But, uh, you know, I think, I think that's something we'll see. I think uh, we'll certainly turn our attention to that issue as soon as uh, on Wednesday <laughs> when, this, when this gets all settled tomorrow. Right. right. Well, we'll look forward to checking in with you again uh, later in the week, perhaps, uh, when we see what the, uh, the announcement is this week. But, uh, uh, hey, we, we've been waiting for this for some time, so we'll see if it happens. Uh, as always, thanks a yeah, lot. We sure. really appreciate it, Jared. Thank you. Hey, Mike, no problem. Take it easy. All right. Uh, Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets Reporter for Reuters. So, wow, a lot, you know, these are some biggies we've been waiting on for some time, that uh, trade deal with Mexico and Canada. 
Now, it hasn't been passed in Congress yet, but still coming to an agreement. And while it may not uh, be that much better in many ways for agriculture, at least it doesn't seem to be worse. We'll see how it plays out for dairy. We've seen some mixed signals there, but at least it uh, looks like uh, perhaps some improvement. So that's a big one. And if we get the E15 announcement this week on allowing E15 year-round, sales of E15 year-round without uh, a major, uh, you know, give to the oil industry along with it that that would be a wins for agriculture so a lot of things happening here still waiting on china of course waiting on the farm bill but uh, some positive developments here in the last few days for agriculture we'll talk more about it tomorrow hope you'll be with us right here on aoa adams on agriculture have a great and safe day everyone